Hi, I'm your host, Mitchell Bernstein. And I'm your co-host, Logan Lithic. And you are listening to The Undesigned Podcast. 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 <laughs> this week, we caught up with Frank Rodriguez, and we learned about his unique entrance into the world of design, as well as some thought-provoking conversation for your ears. Mitch, let's do it. Let's get right into it. How's it going, guys? It's going pretty good. How are you guys? Thank you for having me here. Pretty good. Everything's good. Uh, glad you can be here. Awesome. Awesome. Today we have Frank Rodriguez with us. He is a product designer and illustrator at IBM out of Austin, Texas. Frank, say hello to everybody. Hi, everybody. How are you all doing? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Mitch, we got we to gotta ask the question. You want to ask? What are y'all drinking? Um, I'm actually drinking wine. A Cabernet, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, fancy. Mm. I think I had that on the last pod. Yeah, Mitch, I'm very surprised you don't have wine today. Today, I'm treating myself to uh, Amaretto. Amaretto? Oh, man, that's so good. Mm. You know, no one God, I, I work I, I with keep... actually likes that. So I'm glad well, that somebody does. What is it? No, I mean, I I I love amaretto. Um, mm. I keep forgetting to buy a bottle for myself and just put it in the kitchen <laughs> to get a little sip every after dinner every night. <laughs> it's it's like I don't know. I, I I like it personally. I like it straight. That's just yeah. I mean, that's how that's, that's how I like to drink it because it, it's it's usually uh, a good thing to do after dinner actually to drink. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's straight. Period. And, straight. <laughs> hey. and period. Yeah, but it, I forgot the term they call it, but um, it's like good for the digestive system, I guess, or something like that. But it's delicious, anyways. <laughs> All right, stupid question. What is amaretto? <laughs> it's like um, it's like an almond-based alcohol oh. liquor. It's well, like it's awesome. like really sweet. It's like really really sweet, and it's like I would say it's potent. Yeah, it's it's kind of potent. Like you're you're not gonna drink like half a glass of it. It's like some. Maybe like I mean, maybe worth. you're not gonna drink half a glass of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, if you if you want to drink the whole bottle, be my guess. But we definitely want to talk about kind of some of the obstacles you faced uh, getting to this point. Uh, especially with clients and other projects that you worked on and teammates and coworkers and whatnot. I think a lot of people are able to, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, just kind of going back and thinking of all of that is tough. Um, so yeah, I mean, to, to start things off, uh, it's been kind of a long journey for me in my experience because, um, I, I'm from Puerto Rico. I was born in Puerto Rico, born and raised, um, and I went to school in Puerto Rico, at least for, for uh, my first years of college. Um, 
or no, actually for my entire first college, basically. Um, I got my degree in graphic design uh, out there in Puerto Rico, but um, I don't know if you guys know, but over there, like design, well, at, at least at the time, um, design was not, wasn't anything great. It was more, more like print and it was just more for a newspaper and like a quick, I just need a quick sign. So graphic design out there at, at the time, cause I'm, I'm not even sure how it is nowadays, but it was more focused on working on a print shop and that's it, you know, but to me, that wasn't great. Um, I wanted to do more with just design and I wanted to uh, basically do the stuff that I would see in magazines. You know, I would see all this like cool illustrators and designers and doing all this sort of like art stuff into design other than just doing magazines and newspaper. So uh, that to me was basically the first challenge because um, the school that I went to was very, in, in terms of teaching design, they were very behind. They didn't have like the most up-to-date technology or any of the up-to-date trends that were happening. Um, so, uh, like I said, that was, that was a very, uh, challenging aspect for me. Um, so that's, that's sort of when I decided to move into Orlando and then go to Valencia college and then take the design program. Um, and it was kind of a risk, right? Because, um, I didn't do much research other than go through their design program on the, on the site and right away i just knew like yeah this is it um so uh, i took you know the classes and everything and it, it was great it was uh everything that i wanted to so that to begin with was was a challenge you know especially after you graduated from from one one university and then you sort of have to do it backwards where you go from a ba to to sort of like an associate um, in design and, and, uh, design and then somewhat of development in a way. Um, then from there, God, let's see. Then from there, um, I actually started, uh, I got a gig with Ansel Stoner in Orlando. Um, and I was doing, I was hired as a freelance designer for almost a year, a year or so. Um, and, and that was. That was actually a great experience not to think about it um and then from there obviously moved on to this bigger uh press company which is kind of funny because that's what i was trying to avoid when i was back home in puerto rico but then i worked with this other print company but they were a lot of fun um it was for this company called pci or progressive communication um international and and they're like this huge press uh company up in lake mary um, and they were a lot of fun, you know, they, they did a lot of cool design. They had like this really cool, uh, decorated office with like hardwood floors, you know, all this like fancy looking office. Um, and then obviously from there I moved to purple and then now I'm here with, at, at IBM. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I guess that was like the first, one of the first major challenges, um, and while, I mean, while doing that, I can go into more details, but yeah, I, I think for me, that was, that was one of the biggest challenges that I needed to, uh, sort of overcome in order to become a designer. Wow. Okay. That I didn't know about you. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't yeah, know I mean, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it was very, 
in a way kind of challenging because you know um again you you finish college for four or five years and then you start like all right now what and then you go back into design again to do all that stuff it's kind of like a last chance um so yeah that was that was one of them but i mean over the years i've been lucky enough that I've worked with a lot of great designers. You know, when I was uh, Ansel Stoner, I had the the pleasure to work with um, uh, Jeremy Paris, uh, which I don't know if you guys know him, but he um, he's now working for Uber as one of the I think one of the directors there. No, no, uh, didn't know. He's one like man. He's he's an amazing amazing designer amazing illustrator i mean he's he's done a lot of a lot of like really cool projects and so learning from him um and sort of like you know hearing some of the things he had to say it was and working with him and just seeing him work to me was was very eye-opening um and then even through that transition i also got to meet uh uh robert which Oh my god! I hope he's not listening because I forgot his last name. But he's another <laughs> great. He's he's very low key in terms that um, you know he's he's not like uh, I want to say like public, but he he's one of those like amazing, amazing, amazing designers. Like this dude can design anything, honestly, and he'll make it look freaking awesome. Um. So that was another another thing that helped me out through my career. And then when I moved to Progressive Communication, you know, I had a, a great team over there that just kind of uh, basically taught me how to deal with like rush projects and how to handle like tight deadlines and things like that, which is a skill um, that if you want to work for agencies or if you want to do freelance and all that stuff, it's something good to kind of go through sometimes because um, it does it does help. Um, and, you know, I had a, a, an amazing time there and then obviously moved to Purple. And then when I was at Purple, uh, that kind of blew up even more because I did have a great team working there. A lot of talented uh, designers and uh, talented develop developers. And um, and, and I mean, that was, that was an awesome experience. And I, I got to learn more about about web and product design and all this stuff in which kind of led me to IBM where I am now. Now you don't have to name any of the companies you have to work for, for this next question, but, um, during your journey to all these other companies, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's been experiences where group projects that you worked on didn't go as planned. Um, I'm sure that there's been really tough experiences that you've had with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was this one project uh, that I worked on. Uh, it it was tough, but it was mostly not with the team I was working with, but it was the client per se. Mm. This this client, um, they were a big shot client, um, and they were from New York, um, and they themselves were. Let's just say they were in the design industry, but they were like a huge shot. So they they came to us for for uh, for design, and I oh mean I don't know if I should say what it's for. Um, uh, whatever it, it it was for their website basically, okay. but it was it was very challenging because um, while they were very good at what they did, the the owner just basically wasn't 
up to date when it comes to to how the web works <laughs> in a way so because of that they were really really pushing back uh on a lot of the designs and you know they had just uh done like a huge rebranding and all this other stuff and so they they were wanting to match certain things they've done with print over to the web so because of that, there was a lot of pushbacks and pushbacks. And I think at a certain point, the project went into like this huge uh, hiatus for, I don't know, I don't even remember how long, but I think it was for more than, than two months or something like that, uh, because they were, they were sort of handling things internally. Uh, that to me so far has been, was pretty tough because I, I was the designer into that project, but after that sort of hiatus, break and everything like it the group kind of broke apart and then uh because obviously naturally i was put into other projects and whatever when they finally came back after such a long time <laughs> um you know other other people had to be put in which actually now that i remember uh we didn't assign designers after the break because they decided upon themselves that they were going to bring the designs themselves and all we had to do was code it um, which, mm. which that actually was, uh, I feel bad for the developers that have to go through that. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. yeah, yeah it, was, it was, it, that was like one of the most interesting experience that I had so far with, with a client, uh, at a job. So with all that pushback that you guys faced, what did the, uh, what did the end result come out as? I mean, did you guys end up being able to successfully push through in the end or? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, you know, uh, at the time, uh, I worked with a great team um, and, you know, they took the, the designs that they had, which had some challenges when it comes to the web, mm -hmm. um, you know, but somehow they managed to pull through. They coded it. Obviously, the code wasn't the most cleanest because there are certain restrictions with what they wanted, but overall, they made it. They they coded it, even though it was really really tough according to them. Um, but they they managed to push through um, just because they were great great developers. Um, you don't, yeah, do you code? I don't, I don't I can't even fathom how they were able to push it. Do you code at all? Um, no, not not with CSS. I mean, I used to code when I was at, at PCI. I used to code emails. Um, I did it for for an entire year, uh, and that's sort of wait. Like, did you say code emails? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was back when you when you had to code emails uh, with pure HTML and then embed Ooh. the CSS. All tables, <laughs> tables over tables over mm. tables. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, it, it was kind of, it was terrible. And, and a lot of the times I just wanted to smash my head against the computer, but, um, but because of that, it kind of led me into going more into web and product design and get more into tech. So, so what are you working on these days? Um, well, if you can these say. days um, I'm with, with IBM, so naturally there's certain things that I can't talk about about where we're working. But essentially, I'm, I'm part of the uh, IBM cloud team, and we're working to uh, improve basically the developer experience uh, through the IBM cloud. 
pretty um, pretty pretty generic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yep. Uh, yeah, just, I feel that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not sure what what kind of stuff I can talk about, but yeah, um, it, it basically what what we're doing with the cloud is at least with the specific projects that we're doing, we're just trying to improve how you a user as a developer um, can go in into our our IBM cloud platform and. Uh, how you can start that process and make something that's smooth and easy for the developer and it's not something uber complicated. And of course, on top of that, um, I'm also sort of the designated illustrator of the team. Um, so I'm, I'm working on, on any sort of graphics and illustrations that they need uh, for uh, or IBM Cloud and um, mm -hmm. this other team, which is called Front Times. So I don't know if you guys know what that is, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's very confusing to explain. But let's just put it this way: <laughs> they're just kind of kind of um, uh, they were kind of uh, in charge of promoting like Node and Python for IBM um, to use on their products and and whatnot. So. Um, I was just helping with some designs for illustrations and stuff like that. Gotcha. So would you say then like they're accepting of your illustration style or do you have to kind of bend to create something new or? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very unique because, um, unlike other companies, you know, like Dropbox or, or Google or so we don't necessarily have like an established, um, illustration guide. It's all very open. A lot of the time, it depends on on the teams and or or even the illustrator, per se. So uh, usually at this moment, since there's not really anything established, it usually goes into the skill or or the type of uh, style that the illustrator has. So uh, basically, I kind of just make stuff with my own style, and then it, that's kind of what get designated at least for the projects that my team is in charge of. Uh, kind of get that style. Oh, that's awesome. But it is, it is one, I mean, that's one of the many things that IBM is trying to sort of like work out. Um, you know, there's a couple of things that we're sort of changing and modifying and making new. So that's in the process. It's just, it's, it's one of the many, many other processes that they're going through. So I, I don't know when, when that will even come out to the public to see some sort of like illustrator or illustration uh, guideline for them. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm almost shocked by like the fact that they don't already have like a guidelines or anything produced like that, just due to like the age of the company or really just, I mean, I not that there's anything wrong with that. It's super cool that you get to use your own style yeah. for everything. It's just, it's just kind of like, like a point that we were talking earlier, right? Like it, a lot of companies, didn't really start to take design seriously until maybe not so long ago. I mean, if taking comparison, like Google, for example, Google, uh, in terms of their illustrations and stuff. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know how super accurate I am, but, um, sort of when they started establishing that Google esque style for illustration, yeah. it, it wasn't very long. It was, Perhaps maybe sometime close around the time, maybe a little bit before, uh, when the material design stuff came out, 
Um, but if, if you look back at Google before maybe 2007 or 2008, or even, even on those years, they really didn't have anything established either. Um, uh, one might say that maybe Dropbox could have probably been one of the first companies that kind of made pioneering the size. <laughs> that yeah. kind of made illustration a thing because a lot of people, a lot of people back then were afraid that having illustrations sort of like quirky illustrations was kind of. I mean, would bring your brand uh, down. a lot of it was was due to Ryan Putnam, I think, because his style yeah, kind yeah, of exactly. just exploded, and everyone yeah. everyone copied his like chalk stroke, right? And could we say that Putnam redefined the way that companies <laughs> interface with people through his illustration style? Wait, yeah, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? Just, I mean, the fact that, like, I mean, if you're saying he pioneered it and absolutely because i mean if you look back to like when people started adapting to those tactics it, it's typically somewhere starting around putnam so would you say like he's yeah i mean but putnam was part of the i think one of the first uh illustrators in dropbox and dropbox mm -hmm. are um dropbox was dropbox was one of the if not the only one who sort of started that trend of having illustrations in their in their stuff and then from there, it just kind of exploded. And now they and everybody they do these. Um, you've seen the current Dropbox. Uh, yeah, yeah. What happens? Which they're even more. Frank, what do you? What <laughs> I do you mean, think that's of that's it? all subjective. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a super. I'm not a, a huge fan of of the new stuff. Okay. Um, I I used to be a fan of of the one they had before. Yeah. For you know, obviously for personal reasons. But um, yeah, I, I'm not necessarily. I don't. I understand why they did it. Mm -hmm. um, but but again, I I don't think, at least to me personally, that I'm I'm not the biggest fan. What's funny is actually I reached out to the group that did the redesign, and mm -hmm. the, I guess the head of the group, like the head, there's like it's like a giant company. Um, and I reached. Did you just drop your bottle of wine? What was that? No, it was just my, my empty <laughs> bottle of water. <laughs> I was like, what? what was a noise? Oh, dear. Wine all over the microphone. Um, yeah, I reached out and he was like, yeah, uh, I'd love to hook you up with uh, the team that did the Dropbox redesign. You guys can talk about it on the podcast. And I was like, oh, sweet. And then they never reached out again. So I think they just wanted to just keep quiet or something. Yeah. Um, or at least I, wait. I, mean, I, I, I have to say, though, um, I do have to clarify, like, I don't like the, I guess the branding colors that they did, like mm. sort of the mixing the different colors, the illustration styles, they're a little out there, but I, I am, I kind of do like them. Um, and you know, if mm. you sort of know the history of Dropbox with their illustrations and a lot of stuff since the very beginning, you know, they always kind of been pushing that a little bit. So, um, while I am a fan of the, their illustrations and stuff, um, I am not a fan of, of everything else. Their mm. illustrations, I like them. They're fine and all that stuff when you see them on their own, but it's just the way they're applying some of their brand colors and everything. I'm, I'm just not, I personally don't, don't. That's really don't interesting because like I'm totally the opposite. I am uh, very much satisfied with the colors that they use, or at least the patterning with these colors yeah. and how they apply them and where mm. they apply them. Some places I think is a little, little peculiar. And I think, they kind of are like 70, no, like maybe like 90% there with everything. 
or at least mm-hmm. what I interact with, because there's so much more of Dropbox that has not been yeah. touched by it, or at least at least under under at least on, on some of the marketing stuff that they have. Oh yeah, the marketing stuff I think is yeah, pretty cool. Where, where do you it, guys think it sits better in product land or in advertising land with their new rebrand and everything? Now, see, I'll, but that's that's a that's a weird thing. Like, uh, I, I think that's sort of what because if if you look too at some of the newer designs that they've done with with their UI and their their actual product and stuff it actually looks really good i love what they're doing with with the dropbox on the app on the on the web and all that stuff it looks very clean very nice and and i don't think they have actually put a lot of those colors into it Um, yeah it's strange they kept the old branding and then it's like a facing for the like sales and marketing yeah which is different it's like a phase release kind of deal that they're going through yeah, mm-hmm. they're definitely not I doing mean, it all maybe, once. Maybe they'll they'll apply it later on to the to the actual, uh, you know, interface oh, and all so. that stuff. But yeah, it will it will be interesting. But I mean, I've got I I guess I'm just so attached to their old branding because I think we all are. Yeah, yeah. Their classic Dropbox blue and their clean interface with the whites and then their illustration. Oh, so it nice. was just so perfect. It was. To it me, was so like, good. They were like, I mean, I get it. Yeah, eventually that gets kind of boring. Um, and sometimes it's, I, it's I always, just... I always thought they had a great balance with like it not being boring, but also fun at the same time. Well, now I just don't understand the illustration. Some of them are like, wow, I came across one that was like Cookie Monster hiding under a blanket. Like, I don't understand what, <laughs> how very, does that It's very relate? ambient and abstract. <laughs> it is well, very... It depends, it depends on what they're using it. Like, if, if it's for, for their blogs or something, that's fine. Yeah. There's always, you know, a point... Um, if they're using it for, I don't know, to explain something, then it, it can get a little weird, weird, but I mean, I guess that's kind of the trend that's happening right now. Cause I mean, if you look at intercom, they also are, their illustrations and graphics that they're doing while I love them and they're awesome. You can also argue that they're a little like wacky and very out there most of the time. Totally agree. So Frank, what do you- do you think this is going to start being the new change? Do you think we're going to start going from like how everybody went from like skeuomorphism to flat? Do you think it's now going to go like strictly into this abstract shit? <laughs> um, certainly looks like it because, you know, this whole, uh, would you consider it part of brutalist design, I guess? I would. Just but for the I fact would, I wouldn't that call like, a lot of the design. sites out there are like starting to adopt these yeah, brutalist I, principles. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if I would call it brutalist, to be honest, because um, inherently, uh, I believe brutalist means, um, or part of it means, from the principles, is raw, like raw materials, like brutalist uh, oh, architecture was Clark because of... Clark from Envision's website, Mitch. Is Clark from Envision still around? You're damn right he is. <laughs> I thought they, I thought Clark is no more Clark. Is he still there? Dude, he is... He is Envision. Yeah, he's he, dude. He's Clark from Envision. <laughs> He'll always be Clark from Envision. He I know. I, I heard. I heard he left. Name. I heard he left Envision. So I was like, oh, he's no longer Clark from Envision. I mean, he's just Clark. I, I honestly don't know, but it, it is sort of like it could be like a product that stems outside of maybe some sort of basic form of brutalist design. Um, uh, I don't even know if I'm using the term right, but to me, like brutalist design is just very loud, very in your face type of stuff, you know? Um, 
And that's that's an interesting question, Logan, because uh, me and my my current boss, we kind of joke about that because he believes that skeuomorphism is gonna is gonna make a comeback. And I I I hope not. I really no. I yeah. Yeah. That's my biggest design question ever. Is because I jumped into design after skeuomorphism left the building like you missed out so I much i don't understand how people like did people it was a pain in the ass dude it, it, it was, was fun a, it was fun like, it was so awesome to a certain, yes, to a certain extent it was fun when you when you had to design a little small sort of like button or something it was a lot of fun to sort of like recreate it but when you had to do an entire website or an entire app with the freaking textures over textures wait, over wait, textures. Are you saying you didn't like putting leather on a website? Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> Before it you could spend hours just trying to design one freaking realistic looking button. Um, and and Yeah, man, yeah, it's awesome. On just one <laughs> it looked like a button. Yeah, on just one component, you would spend so much time trying to design adding the freaking drop shadow even though we're, we're using drop shadows now but it, it wasn't even the same but you know doing the little highlight on the top and then you hope sort of have to emulate that indentation and oh oh, well, God, well now now much. now we use we use different types of drop shadows. we use diffuse drop shadows we use okay. blah, yes, blah, but blah. those but thanks to <laughs> sketch you know, you know those those shadows are a lot easier to do because even back in the day to sort of like get those realistic that's true sort of like texture stuff it was a lot of <laughs> a lot of handling even those like it, it, back then they were like the biggest trend ever um and now you look at them it's like ugh. it's it, it was well, those like curvy shadows like like oh yeah like that curve shadow that sort of made the the photo or whatever you you find those oh, shadows yeah, look yeah, like yeah. they were curved or something <laughs> Yeah, I mean they were so cool back in the day, but even even to create those from scratch mm -hmm. was in Photoshop, kind of a pain. right? You use Photoshop, yeah, back then? Photoshop. Yeah. It was all yeah. Photoshop. <laughs> Sketch was not around at that time. Oh, uh, those as, were the days. As somebody who yep. animates a lot, I I never want to have to animate assets like that. I feel like, dude, ask a ask a developer how much fun it was to code all that crap in. Oh shit! Yeah, that was. Hey, look, in, de in defense, I would say um, I hope skeuomorphism finds a balance back in our lives because I definitely, yeah. I've read uh, a lot of research on it. That's true. Um, how, um, now, first of all, we should define what skeuomorphism, skeuomorphism, yeah, I'm Maybe having a lot drinking. of fun drinking. Yeah, right. Um, skeuomorphism <laughs> word, is man. and what it is not um, because a lot of people say, oh my yeah. God, it's just a texture. Well, it's it's not just like textures and layer styles. Uh, that's how we create it, but that's not exactly what it is. And from my understanding and my ongoing of what it's, it was, and you can, just, I'd love to hear your definition, Frank, and, and yours, Logan, because oh all different generations here, but um, what I've learned is skeuomorphism <laughs> is like, um, it, it's about bringing something from the real world and replicating its uh, application uh, in software so that you understand how to use it um, through affordances and whatnot. That's a very interesting point. And it is something that I was talking before with, uh, again, with my boss and a few other people. Um, you know, skeuomorphism, I guess you could say sort of, I don't want to say it started with the Wait, iPhone. Wait, pause, when, pause, when... pause. 
Say it again, but slowly. Skeuomorphism? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you say it like way better than I do. Like way cooler. More. Okay. I mean, it's, it's it's the accent. It's the accent. I I guess I, I, I don't even know. But, I mean, it's. I don't know if if I per se know the full definition, but it it was interesting because. I think the whole trend started with when the first iPhone came out, and. It's very hard to say why, but maybe I, I think one of the reasons why it's because you had this this sort of new phone that came out into the market, right? Whereas there's no buttons, there's nothing, it's all touch on a screen, which at the time that was extremely revolutionary because, you know, uh, the thing closest to that was the iPod, but the iPod was sort of like a button and it had the, the little like wheel that you can sort of like touch or whatever or press um but when the iphone came out it was just this screen and there was no buttons other than than the the you know the little well not even shit man that was yeah that little like touch id thing wasn't even there now that i think about it it was just all screen you know, if you wanted to unlock your phone, you had to sort of like slide a button to unlock it. Um, if you want to like, you know, do whatever. And it was like a new sort of behavior that people had to learn and get used to it. You know, nowadays, anybody, even a kid can grab an iPhone and they can use it naturally. People already know how to use it. But back in 2007, that was a completely new thing for a lot of people, especially uh, people who, who were older and have been used to, you know, obviously like landlines or sorry, uh, like traditional, <laughs> traditional phones and, 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 you know, regular, those brick phones from before. So hey, hey, hey. Order... don't hate on the razor. I was just going to say that. Razor oh, shit. Was no, the, the best. The razor is a piece of crap. Let me tell you. Oh now, no. Now Nokia, those were awesome. <laughs> that thing will last you probably like a whole week without charging. Oh yeah, it will. And you you who you in the hell thought like... that this this argument between Nokia and Motorola would be happening in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> it, it still is. Yeah, like there's memes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I oh mean, yeah. That, that thing was a weapon by itself. You can literally hurt someone pretty bad if you like threw a Nokia at someone. I saw, <laughs> I saw no, a meme where it was like break before I even hit someone. Yeah, I saw a meme that was like, <laughs> I dropped my iPhone in the toilet, like, now my iPhone's broken. Or like, I dropped my razor in the toilet, now <laughs> like, I gotta dry it off. And it was like, I dropped my Nokia in the toilet and it broke the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are, I mean, I had one, so they were they were pretty pretty awesome. But, but yeah, go, going back to the conversation, like, again, it was it was new behaviors and new things that that people had to get used to that's how a lot of this whole maybe you can argue that ux uh design and everything started coming through and getting even though it's been around over the years but it was something very obscure you know not every like you would you would say user experience back in 2007 or even before that and nobody would know what what that was that's sort of like a coin uh term that it's now nowadays a thing right um, and I guess, I guess maybe that's one of the reasons why skeuomorphism sort of exploded because you, you had to get people into the habit of like, you, you're, you're now touching stuff rather than pressing buttons. You're, you know, you have to swipe, you have to touch. So 
So you think it was easier Maybe, to, I guess, for them? No, to... not, not easier, but okay. I think that was at the time their solution to sort of like get people used to this whole touching and pressing. Um, you know, I've, I've, again, I'm, I'm not saying that this is exactly it, but I think one of my thoughts is that that was one of the reasons why, because, you know, you have something in a digital form and uh, you want to sort of get users to touch it. So the, the best way maybe is just associate a digital thing with like textures. And for example, if you're using a notepad, sort of making it seem like it was a real notepad, have the paper texture in the little like notepad lines and and all that stuff. It's, 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 I guess it's a good way to sort of get people comfortable into using these things. And over the years, of course, because skeuomorphism, it, yes, it was kind of hard to design with. Um, uh, it was ugly too, to be honest. Like a lot of people didn't really know how to execute it My very heart well. So, just broke. I mean, like, you ruined that, it. That, <laughs> no, I mean, that, let, let's get this straight. There's, there's like everything, you know, they were good skeuomorphism designs that were pretty amazing. And then they were bad ones. Um, but, you know, a lot of the times, because I guess because of, of the deadlines of projects or whatever, there are some that were pretty bad. And, and as yep. you can tell, um, you know, skeuomorphism didn't really have a, didn't age very well, mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, to me, I, I guess that's that's going back to the to the question. I guess that that's kind of why skeuomorphism sort of like grew and became what it is, and and then you know, uh, and then flat design came around because uh, we needed to sort of make design or at least apps and the web and things a little bit easier. To, to sort of like use, because, you know, that's another challenge of skeuomorphism is that it also brought a lot of challenges in, ter in terms of making things clear um, and understandable, especially on, on a phone and, and on the computer, right? So that's, that's kind of why flat came around, but obviously flat also has like its issues and all that stuff. Oof. And I can talk about I, this, like, <laughs> The whole night. I mean, it's like everything. It's like everything. Like, like I said, skewer. There were good skeuomorphism designs, and then there were bad. And then same thing with flat. There's like good flat designs, and then there's bad flat designs. Right. True. Um, it would be kind of interesting if, if in the coming years we get something that's a little bit of a balance. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, flat design, but it's it's sort of adopting some very basics uh skeuomorphism stuff i mean I, we sort of are seeing it now with the thanks to material design with the shadows and creating some depth but it would be kind of interesting if, if they would bring some of it back i think and combine it with flat design that would be kind of interesting to so, see i Frank, think just kind of yeah. on a final note here are you excited for what the future of design could hold well, would he would he be really upset? <laughs> like, that's I mean, pretty pessimistic. You never know. You could have one of those like people back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and they were like, "Yes, skeuomorphism is at its height. It's never gonna die." <laughs> and then, like two years later, they're just like, "I yeah, I don't know why I'm doing this anymore." <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. I mean, it's it's always to me is very it, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's very interesting to see how 
design, at least since I started doing it professionally, how, how much has changed in such a small span. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm very, very excited to see what design is going to be in the next five years. Um, you know, right now we're at the, uh, I don't want to say decline, maybe we're still at the climax, but flat design is still going on. Um, but, you know, there's, there's obviously, you can just open dribble and see all the freaking latest trends are going on right now. Um, you know, I, I guess the newest trend now is, is just everything white with only splashes of color here and there, sort of like what, what Instagram did with their, with their interface, you know, mm -hmm. where everything is just black and white and only the images. I mean, for a reason, of course, there's just a reason, a valid reason why, but because of that, then people start emulating and taking it and doing that. And then everything sort of looks like that, but, um, it would be it would be very interesting to see what what sort of new trend dominating trend is going to be uh like in the next five maybe ten years gotcha and it, I mean, i'm sure it, it we're gonna have another fun. episode with you way before then <laughs> yeah. but on, on... i mean but even 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 uh even not just for web but even illustration illustration too um you know back in uh 2000 maybe five, 2004 or so, like the, how design was when it comes to like print and illustrations versus illustrations. Now, you know, the flat illustrations that had also changed a lot. I mean, I remember when I was in college, I mean, and I look at computer, have you guys ever seen that com, uh, computer arts magazine? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a, it's an awesome, it's, it's a magazine from UK, mm -hmm. uh, but they would feature designers from all over, you know, from the Wait, States. I'm, I'm still like more blown away that like you guys read magazines. Dude, come on. Yeah. You weren't a, you weren't a high school on. kid like, oh shit, look at this. Like I could be doing I this. I came in when the iPhone came out. Like it, that, that was it. Like it, why You've would never I need seen a like computer a computer arts magazine, Mitch? No, I've never seen one of those. Oh my God. They, I mean, I wouldn't say that they were it. But to me, they were one of the like biggest like design magazines out there. Because not only that, but they also had like a section of tutorials, and it can't. It always came with a CD that will give you all the assets. See, of there, the there you go, CD. That that's where you lost me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're so young. <laughs> hey, well, hang on. I did have CDs, but uh, not for very long. But. On that note, uh, I'd like to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, it was uh, yeah, amazing sure, talking thanks. to you, and uh, I hope we can have you again real soon. Uh, but before you go... Oh, yeah, anytime. anytime. Uh, before you go, do you want to plug anything? Uh, your portfolio, it, website? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, if, if you want to see some of my work, um, at least some of the stuff that I've done... Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, go to my Dribble. Um, dribble.com slash mudshock m-u-d-s-h-o-c-a-o-c-k um that's where i i usually have most of my recent work i think i, I think next time we're going to ask you where that that name came came from yeah yeah anyways thank you so much for being here thanks so much uh, for yeah, joining thank us you guys. thanks for having me here oh we will definitely do this again soon uh, yeah definitely Let's so do it again. logan you want to uh do the honors absolutely Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today. We had Frank Rodriguez, a product designer and illustrator from IBM with us. And 
from uh, from us to you, we are the Undesigned Crew, Mitchell and Logan, and please have an incredible day. See you guys. See ya. See ya. I mean, I can do the story right now if we have five minutes. It, 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 just to make the long story short, it used to be the name of um, a band that I have in high school with my friends. Uh, one of my best friends came up with the name, and uh, it was kind of like a grungy band and all that stuff. And hell yeah! So, uh, um, so yeah, it was it's the name of, of our band, and and my best friend kind of came up with. But he he actually passed away when he was 25, and and I was in Orlando. So, uh, sort of as an honor to him, uh, uh, I sort of adopted the name because I was sort of making music and, and some tracks on my own when I moved to Florida um, before I got into design. And and, and I, I love the name and it kind of stuck with me. And, and as an honor to him, I just kept sort of using it. And, you know, everybody that I met liked the name. So I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm keeping it as an alias for my design work and stuff like that. So. Well, that's a story. <laughs> I hope that uh, uh, at IBM you make it so that it's easier to find you on Slack because I still can't find you on Slack no matter how many times I search your name. No, no matter what I, it is, I, I can't dude, find you anywhere. I unfortunately have the most uh, generic name that you can find. Yeah, well, that, that's Hispanics. probably like, why. Dude, but, yeah, my, my name is kind of like the, 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 the uh, what is it, Joe Smith or Adam Smith of, of America, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> It's better well, than you, the... you search my name and there's like probably like 10 or 12 of us uh, just <laughs> just on under cloud or something so um and i think they also sort of uh, uh wrote their own thing on the email so it's it's yeah it's always hard for people to find me on slack when it comes to the ivy and stuff <laughs>